Good afternoon. The address. As I shared that word earlier on, when we were in worship, for those who would remember what I said, I'm going to preach on preparation this afternoon. And God has really been marinating this word in my heart for months and months and months. And I feel today is the right time to bring it, knowing what Pastor Andrew wants to speak on next week and towards the end of this month. We need to be prepared for what God wants to do. So let us pray. Father, we thank you that you and you alone are God. And we just take a moment right now to prepare our hearts, to prepare our minds for what you want to say. Holy Spirit, have free reign in this place right now. Let me speak your word with authority and boldness. But let us receive your word. Open our ears and soften our hearts, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Preparation. I've gone with the, I don't usually do this, but I've gone with the classic three points this afternoon. Point one, what is preparation? Point two, a God of preparation. And thirdly, a people of preparation. What is preparation? The Greek word for prepare is heitoi madzo. Heitoi madzo, which means to make ready. To make ready. And this word is common throughout the Bible. I know the words are very similar. They have very different meanings. But this particular word, heitoi madzo, is common throughout the Bible. And it means to make ready, to, to prepare to make ready. The dictionary defines preparation as this. The activity of putting or setting in order in advance of some act or purpose. And I want to focus right now on two words, activity and order. We serve a God that is active. And he is a God of order. And he has orchestrated that right way back when. And he calls us to be active and to have a process of order. Look at creation way back, right in Genesis 1. There is activity. God is active. He is speaking things into being. He is creating. But they're in order. He didn't create man and then think, well, I'll separate the, the lands and the seas. And it was an order to it. Activity and order. And those two things are the process of preparation. Preparation is not sitting back and hoping things will fall into place. It's like throwing a load of coins up and thinking, oh, I hope they'll land in exactly the right place. That is not what preparation is. That's prediction. But we serve a God that is active and orderly. You see, we prepare in partnership with God. In partnership Cam was talking about the bike, and I was thinking, do you know what? It's a tandem bike. We let go, but God is steering. God knows where we need to go, where we, who we need to be. God has orchestrated a plan, a design, and a purpose for us as his people. And we read that right through all the scriptures, through the Israelites leaving, going through the wilderness, and ending up in the promised land. There was design and purpose 
for his people. You know, in Jewish customs, the day before the Sabbath, the Sabbath being a Saturday, the day before, it's called preparation day. And the Jews prepare, they tie up all loose ends, business deals, all the different things that have been happening in the week. And on preparation day, that is the time, the day set apart to make sure everything is ready and finished to observe the Sabbath. See, God put this in place, and you can read it in the Gospels. Preparation day. Time to tie things up in order to observe the Sabbath. What is preparation? It's making ready, making ourselves and preparing ourselves ready for what God wants to do. Secondly, a God of preparation. Read and, you can read through all the, the, the scriptures. There's so many times that this word keeps cropping up. Hey, toy, madzo, make ready, prepare. It, the psalmist said, God prepares a table, a banquet in the presence of my enemies. Psalm 144, God trains, but the word is prepare. God prepares my hands for war, my fingers for battle. If our God is a God who prepares, how important is it for us to be prepared? Let's read uh, together Luke chapter 22. This is the, the kind of moments leading up to the Last Supper, the Passover meal. Jesus and his disciples, they've been very busy traveling, and now they find themselves just outside the city of Jerusalem. It says this in Luke chapter 22, verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the saying, uh, sorry, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. But the disciples replied, where do you want us to prepare it? He replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. How many times does the word prepare, prepared, and preparations occur in there? Four times in that short story. But it's a great example of how Jesus, how God prepares things in advance for us. And on all he asks of us is then to prepare as well. Jesus has prepared things long ago. It's that scripture, one of my favorites. I know I coin it a lot when I speak. But it's in Ephesians 2 verse 10. It says, for we are created anew in Christ Jesus to do, to be active, the good works in order that he had prepared for us long ago. And long ago means before time began. This is no kind of winging it, blagging it, day by day, uh, trying to suscite and navigate what God wants us to do. God has prepared it. He asks us to be in tune, in step with him in order to fulfill the will over our lives. It's being in tune. It's being in step. It's being in sync with him. A great example of Jesus preparing with us in tandem, in unison. So God, we see in the scriptures, is a God of preparation. My third point, and the first two are quite quick, and you're thinking, mine's going to be done in a few minutes. This one's a bit longer. 
Thirdly, a people of preparation. Us. What is God asking of us? We know what preparation is. We know that he, we serve a God of preparation. But what about the responsibility and the onus on us? Let's go to Matthew chapter 25. Okay, Matthew 25 and verse, right at the start. The parable of the ten virgins. Jesus was with his disciples and he's teaching them some stuff and he's telling them some parables, some short stories about his second coming. So it's an end time theme here and Jesus saying these things will happen. It says, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but they did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. You see, they all fell asleep. That's not the issue here. Okay, just bear that in mind. But at midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there will be not enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived, and the virgins who were ready went in to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. I've been studying this, but I'm not going to go deep into this. I want to stay at more of a surface level with this. But we, we know from this story that the bridegroom is Christ. And he goes away. But he's coming back. And there are 10 virgins in this story. And these 10 virgins represent church people, believers. These are not unchurched people who do not know God. And they have their lamps and their oil. And they all fall asleep. And that's okay because when Christ comes, we'll all be doing different things. Some of us might be maybe at home when that happens. We might be out driving. We might be at the shops. We might be in work. And this is not the issue of what they were doing but what they had failed to do. They hadn't prepared. Five did, five didn't. And the bridegroom comes back at midnight, and it's kind of unannounced except for the, the noise. Look, the master's come back. And the wise had enough oil. It says vessels. They had not only oil in their lamps, like the, the same as the foolish ones, but they also had vessels, extra oil. Carriers of the Spirit in tune with God, walking closely with Him. And the wise that had the extra oil, the closeness to God that had made preparations, went into the banquet. And whilst the five foolish ones weren't there, and off trying to scurry around and find extra oil, and they'd asked the five wise, can we have some of yours? And they said, no, we won't have enough. The door was shut. We need to prepare ourselves every day for what Christ has for us. 
and for his return. I know many generations, and I remember kind of growing up in church, and I almost felt like as a kid you'd hear the message that Christ is returning and that it was imminent, imminent, if that makes sense. Almost like it should have happened in 1987 when I heard a lot about it. Because it was preached a lot about the, the return of Christ and that he's coming back. And you don't hear it so often now, I don't think. But Christ is coming and he's returning. He's returning for his people. And we need to be ready. And we can't wing it and we can't blag it and we can't try and get oil from elsewhere. But we need to be ready with our light, with our lamps. The scriptures talk a lot about wisdom and being wise. Do you know what? We can ask God for wisdom and he'll show us. Wasn't it Solomon who said, of all the things that I have and can have and request, Lord, give me wisdom. Grant me your wisdom, godly insight. We need to be prepared not only for the return of Christ, but every single day that God has a mandate on your life, things to do that you prepared long ago. And we need to be prepared. Romans 12 verse 1 says, Present your bodies as a living sacrifice every day, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. John the Baptist declared, as foretold by the prophet Isaiah, prepare the way for the Lord. As a church, you'll be prepared in the way for the Lord. In what he wants to do in this community, in our lives, in this city, in this nation. Are we preparing the way or are we a barrier in the way? Are we an obstruction to the things of God? And you might say, well, I love God. I, I, I've given my life to God. How can I be a barrier? Stubbornness, pride, resentment, hurt. And taking hold of those things or allowing those things to take root in your life. That's not preparing for the Lord. That's a barrier. We need to humble ourselves and pray. We need to come before him as a living sacrifice. I don't know if there are any former Boy Scouts or Girl Guides among us, but what was the motto? Be prepared. You were a Girl Guide. <laughs> Be prepared. Be prepared. Benjamin Franklin, former U.S. president, said this, and it's quoted often these days, failing to prepare is preparing to fail, or fail to prepare, prepare to fail. And it's true. Abraham Lincoln, another U.S. president, said this. Give me six hours to chop down a tree and I'll spend the first four sharpening the axe. What are we sharpening? The word of God in us. The axe, the sword. Sharpen it. Know the word. Read the word. Study the word. Get it in you. And, and not just put it in you for some no purpose, but that you put it in you so it comes out that you begin to proclaim it. Believe in the word and proclaim in the word. Speaking it out, speaking over your life, speaking over your family, speaking over your city. Speak God's goodness and God's truth over your city. Alan Armstrong. I don't know him either. He said this. Champions do not become champions when they win the event. But in the days, weeks, hours, months and years, they spend preparing for it. The victorious performance 
itself is merely the demonstration of their championship character. When you're alone, reading the word. When you're at home, worshiping, in the car, in your workplace, on your lunch break, on your everyday moments, worshiping and spending time, having that line of communication with God. That's the preparation for your life. That's the groundwork. That's planting the seeds for the harvest, for what God wants to do. You see, I've mentioned food earlier, and as you can tell, I like food. Over Christmas, I liked it a bit too much, so I'm trying to rein it in a little bit. But if any budding chefs among us will have cookbooks, and I'll have the cooking times, specific cooking times to cook that specific recipe. But you know what they add? The preparation time. Because you need to know how long it'll take to prepare the food, if it needs to be marinated, if it needs to be chopped up and prepared and stored in the fridge and things added to it before you even begin to cook it. And when you go for a meal, you appreciate it's being cooked, but you don't necessarily appreciate, thank you for the preparation time of this. You just bask in the glory of eating that meal. But the preparation time is key. Without the preparation, the cooking be a right mess. Preparation demands a sacrifice of time and energy. It costs us something. It has to. I've said it already. Prayer and the word, the communication line with God. How healthy is that spiritual line with God? We had our first epic men's group last Monday of the year. And one of the common themes that kept coming out from the men, and we shared a lot, but one of the incredible things that really excited me is they said, I want to, most of them said, I want to be closer with God. I want to deepen my roots and my relationship with God. That takes time and energy. It's a sacrifice. It doesn't just happen. There's preparation involved. Your faith level. What does your faith look like? You know, the word says it is impossible to please him without faith. We need faith. We must be people of faith. Believing that God can do all things and that we can do all things in Christ, Philippians 4.13, that strengthens us. And I come back to it. We need to speak out the scriptures. When Jesus was tempted, he spoke, it is written. Christ verbally spoke it out. And the enemy will come. And Jesus said he'll come to try and sift you like wheat. Sift you away, slowly but surely. That's his plan. We need to be steadfast in him. Speaking out the word over our lives, over your family. If there are family situations, speak the word of truth over it. Proclaim it. And service. Being an active member. I go back to being active and order. We need to be active in the house of God. Yesterday, times for restoration and people go through seasons of restoration and time aside and God makes us lie down in green pastures. Absolutely, God there are, time, there are times in our life for restoration. But we need to be active members in the church. Their church, not just this church, but the, the church, the wider church. 
Mim said it about the basketball. Moving forward. Seizing an opportunity. Not delaying. Not being defensive, but being offensive. God honors a heart, an attitude, and a service of preparation. David is another example. A man after God's own heart. David's preparation was worshiping the Lord in the fields whilst watching over his father's sheep. And what did God do? He made him a trusted shepherd over a nation. It's the small things, the seemingly insignificant things that we need to prepare and honor God with. Prepared. We know as a church, we are collectively preparing to rebuild a physical church building in this community. And in two and a half years, Pastor, in one year it'll be finished, man of faith. Two and a half, three years, we'll have a finished building over there. I'm excited. And I shared this in my link group and in Epic. We need to be excited and expectant. Your faith, are you expectant of what God's going to do when that building's open? But not just for then, because we can put our lives on pause. That's not preparation. What about now? We're preparing now for that. Let's be expectant and excited for now and the time ahead. We should be seeing the glory of God over our lives and in our spheres of influence, in our workplaces, in the schools, in the communities, in the ministries that we operate in. But all those things require preparation. The preparation that's gone into the Little Oaks ministry getting the room ready, getting the toys, flyer in the community, making sure that they have enough people to cover all the things that need to be done. The workers, encouraging them. It's all the preparation ground. And seeing the harvest. Was it 17 parents and children? I'm, I'm looking up there because Lois is up there. Incredible. Incredible things. God honors preparation. And this morning, as I was just going over this, God said this. Prepare yourselves. All hands to the pump. God doesn't want you to sit on the sidelines. There are no replacements and substitutes in the kingdom of God. When you give your life to God and for his service, he uses you. He wants to use you. You are qualified. You are called. You are appointed. You're anointed. And we need to walk in that, knowing that God is for you, not against you, that God wants to see you flourish in all that you do so that he would be glorified, not for self-gain, but for his glory and for his kingdom. Let's pray. Father, I bless you. Father, I thank you. Lord, you are faithful. Lord, you know all things. 
And Father, I thank you for preparation. I thank you, Lord, that you're a God of preparation, that you've prepared things for us to do. But Lord, help us to be a people of preparation. Help us to reciprocate your faithfulness. That when we chose you and gave our lives to you, we surrendered all because you gave your all. And so, Father, prepare us for this season. Prepare us this month for the words that are going to come next week and the, and the next few weeks after that. Lord, I pray a blessing over Pastor Andrew as he brings the word. Prepare his heart. Prepare the word, Father, for our hearts. Help us to prepare as a farmer does the soil in our lives. That it'll be fertile and fruitful and good for your purpose. May we know as we walk from this place today that you're calling us to prepare ourselves to do the works that you've called us to do. Help us to be prepared for what you want to do and what you are doing, Father, that you would receive all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank Lawrence. In in effect, what Lawrence